All right, watch this marriage, the third part. I told you at the beginning we needed a, a toolbox when we got married, right? We talked about how we need to be able to make sure we can communicate love to each other because that was important because if you were inept at communicating your love to one another, then that was a foundation of what you were going to build on and it would be difficult moving forward if you didn't understand the basic thing of how communicating love. So that was, a, that was like the most important tool in the box. And last week we talked about uh, fighting, fighting for each other and not with each other and how... And how if I know going into it that you're for me, then I can trust you. Not like Adam and Eve when they went, you know, God said, who did this? He said, she did. And, and so not throwing each other under the bus immediately when, when, uh, when something happens, when you have a disagreement, it's not about who's winning, it's are we winning, right? So today I want to talk to you about something that um, I've actually adhered to this for a long time. I, I've always resisted the idea um, that we're going to talk, talk about today. I, I've never experienced it necessarily in my life, and I, I just found it confusing when other people told me I should. Uh, and that's this thing called a stable home environment. Because, um, you know, they, they tell you in child rearing that you should provide your kids with a stable home environment, Right? I'm the only one's ever heard that. They tell you you should provide your kids a stable home environment. And um, stability is important and all this stuff. And, I, and I, just all, I just always think balance in your life. You need balance in your life. And I thought, what? I don't even know what balance is. I'm kind of a guy that's all, like, I'm doing, I'm doing all this right now. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to balance it. This is a season of my life. That's what we're doing. So what I, what I found out was that stability... Like, uh, what does stability look like? Is it leave it to Beaver? <laughs> All you know is what you saw on TV. They could have been gouging each other's eyes out and then covering up with makeup. You don't know. But we have these pictures in our minds of stability. What does it look like? Two-story house, couple of acres, white picket fence, good jobs, cars that never break down, kids that never disobey, nobody ever gets sick. Nobody, the neighbors are never crazy. Somebody give it up for neighbors that aren't crazy. Please, Lord. So what you find out is that 99% of you have never experienced that in your life. I'm going to tell you something. I didn't grow up in a stable home. No stability to it. I was eight years old. My dad never worked again. He was medically unable like for five years he couldn't stand up i remember as a teenager when you start driving a car again and i i was like this is what it's like for a parent to feel like his kids driving a car now i'm like 14 my dad just started driving again i'm like he's gonna kill us all <laughs> it's like dad do you got your learner's permit again what, like what's going on how do they know you can drive so it wasn't stable I moved around, lived in my grandparents' basement for a year. That's where I got introduced to Michael Jackson's Thriller. <laughs> Not stable. Shouldn't let your kids see that stuff. We actually watched, watched it as a family. Right before devotions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> my kids were like, you thought that was scary? I'm like, you have no idea it was in the 80s. <laughs> they yell it, act like you're tougher than me. It's the scariest thing on TV back then. 
So I've always struggled with the idea of stable. What is stable? But everybody's expecting me to provide it. And if I don't really know what it is, how can I provide it? If I don't know, if I've never seen balance before, how do I provide balance? If, and so, so what we do is we set ourselves up to fail. Because once we get the house with the white picket fence, you realize immediately that it's still not stable. Then in three years, you got to go back out and paint this stupid fence. And you're going, wait a second, I was tricked into the idea that once I did this, everything would just level out. But it doesn't. It's called life. And so I started rearranging things in my life to say, this is, my life is seasonal, it's not stable. You know, has anybody ever the three toddlers running around at the same time? I saw the Han family here early first service, they had like six. Well, that, that place has never been stable. <laughs> like, I've known Bob Hahn for like 20 years, just walk in like, like somebody drained all the blood out of him. I'm like, what's wrong, Bob? He's like, six kids. They're all under 10. I'm like, picture of stability right there. So he's talking about stable. So I started realizing... That if stability isn't what is necessary, maybe I need something else. Or if stability is unattainable, maybe I need something else. And so today we're going to compare stability with consistency. In our life, in our marriages, the whole nine yards. And I'm telling you, if you can apply this to your marriage and to your life, it fixes everything. It's like the last tool you need. It's perfect. So we're going to talk about that this morning, all right? You ready? All right, stand back up. We're going to read two scriptures at the beginning. Stability versus consistency. Watch this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, and then I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 4. You're going to see a theme of Paul writing to churches. His theme is not stability, it's consistency. All right? Watch this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses, starting verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, confront the faint, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for both yourselves and for all. Now that, don't get mistaken in I can be greedy or... Just self-consumed in that. He's not saying, he's in the same context of what's good for your life in Christ. Not, I'm going to do what's good for me. Now verse 16. Here it is, watch this. Rejoice, how often? Well, I mean, if everything's going well. Right? If I come home and I have a hot drink... And the paper's out. Who reads the paper? You know, if everything lines up the way I expect my life to go, I'll rejoice. No, no, no. What Paul says, what? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. How often should you pray? So you should rejoice always and then pray always. Oh. In everything, give thanks. Rejoice always, 
Pray always and be thankful. How often? I think we're seeing a theme. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now you realize that in, in his letter to the Thessalonians, he never says anything about stability, does he? He never says, because your life is perfect, do these things. Now watch, just in case you think this is a one-off letter. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. I just did that because he said, I will say it again. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. 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 Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about what? But in how often? Every situation. By prayer and petition with what? Thanksgiving. Do you see? There's a, isn't there a, isn't there, it's like he's writing the same thing to two different churches. He says to the Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks and everything. And then he comes to the Philippians and he says, what? Rejoice always? Don't be anxious about anything. Every situation, pray. How often do you pray? In every situation. And then how often are we thankful? Every situation. And then verse 7, the promise, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, your word has the infinite ability to change us if we let it. So I pray this morning, God, that we would open up our hearts to you. Transform us by the renewing of your word. Water us today, Lord, and make us better. In Christ's name we pray and everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Here's what I think happens. I refuse to set up spiritual crisis in my life. All right? And let, let, me, let me explain to you what that means. I think we are our own worst enemy at times when it, when it comes to our relationship with God because we set up the crisis. We don't even realize we're doing it. So what we, what we say is we, is we do things like this, whether we say it out loud or not. We, we say, well, I come to church, I give, I, I, I participate, I volunteer. And so now my expectation is that everything in my life will what? Stabilize. Everything in my life will, will now become just, just really nice. God's going to bless me. And my husband will start listening. Some of you have been saved a long time. You know, you just stop praying it. You're just like, he ain't going to listen. It's over. But uh, like the kids will listen. The, the, there'll be enough money all the time. So, and then what happens is life happens and the kids get sick. I, I don't know who I was talking to the other day. But somebody was talking about their kids getting sick right before school started. And I'm like, man, that sounds perfect. Sounds like life, right? Um, now, what I realize is you can blame it on the solar eclipse because I'm pretty sure that's going to ruin all of us tomorrow. Maybe we should just start, let's stop preaching. We'll just pray today. God, we're pretty sure it's going to be the end. It might be, but aren't you excited? You're like, way to go out with a bang. Solar eclipse, it's all dark. When the lights come back on, I'm not here. Where'd he go? You weren't wearing your glasses. So now you can't see me. 
I hate to do this, but I'm probably going to stand outside tomorrow with my eyes just open with toothpicks and going, I don't believe it. Anyway, we got a little more time in this service, so I get off track. So what happens is we have a crisis of faith because, because we do certain things and we expect, we expect these certain things back from God and we expect stability in our lives. And by the way, your body is always operating like this. It's always trying to create stability. It's always trying to create what you call homeo, what they call homeostasis, which is, uh, your body temperature always 98.6. Your blood pressure always 120 over 80. Yeah, right. Uh, your cholesterol, um, your cholesterol under 200. There's another one. And your blood sugar around 100. It's always working to have stability in your body because stability is actually when something is knocked off its equilibrium coming back to where it was before. That's why when you walk outside and you don't have your jacket on, it's 20 degrees out, your body starts to shiver. Because it's not setting a new temperature in your body. It's not going, okay, now the new norm is 78 degrees. No, 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 it's going, not 78, it's going, okay, we need to get back to 98.6. That's why your blood pressure will go up. That's why all these things happen without you knowing it. By the way, aren't you glad it happens without you knowing it? Because if I was responsible to breathe, I'd last about four minutes. I'm like, man, I forgot to breathe again. Everybody's like, like, what happened? I forgot. Just good thing God wired that like that. Just, it just happens. So, The issue is there are things that happen in your marriage that you can't go back to where you were before. There are things that happen with your kids that you can't go back to what was happened before. By the way, I just thank God that my kids aren't four anymore because I don't like the accidents. (laughs) I used to threaten them. No, I didn't. Hey, you're messing your pants. You want to wait till your mom comes home. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I told you no stability in that Jones household whatsoever. The issue is what happens in your life when you can't go back. When you can't bring that loved one back. When, when, you, when you can't restore it anymore. When there's a new normal now. But by definition, stability is going back to what it was. It's, I'm like this I got knocked off kilter, and now I'm back to where I was. And you know as well as I do, life doesn't allow you to do that. So what we try to do is try to control everything. Uh, um, I'm experiencing a new normal in my life right now with my daughter being in Morgantown. And um, the day I left, I was like, hey, turn, find my iPhone back on. Just in case you lose it, you'll be able to shut it off, you know. Not because I'm trying to track you or anything like that. And I'm up at like 11.30 last night texting her, Hey, love you. She's not in her dorm. <laughs> what was going on? Where is she? Oh, she's at a coffee bar. Coffee bar. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is that because stability is a myth... We try to control everything and still act like it's real. So that's why you try to control your spouse, because you don't want anything to get out of the ordinary. 
That's why you try to control every aspect of your kids. And I'm learning that there's a season where you have to lose control. That, that I, 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 can't, I can't call her up at midnight going, what, why are you still up? She's, she's becoming an adult. She is an adult, I hope. And so what happens is we end up straining everything because we try to stay in control. And how many of you know that no matter how much you, can, you, you think you control things, you just can't, right? I wish I could control when I get sick. I can't. Last week I had this crazy head cold thing and I was thinking, Lord, you know I got to preach. He's like, suck it up. Are you kidding me? That's it? You're just whining about a head cold? I'm like, Lord, it's so important. So I can't even control when I get a head cold or when I can't, or when I don't. I can't control when my kids get sick. I can't control it. I'm realizing I have very little control over anything. And yet I always want stability. I always want the stable household. I always want it to look like that. I always want, like, we just got to get back to normal. Got to get back to normal. Got to get back to normal. And the reality is, I don't even know what normal looks like anymore. You ever looked at your spouse and be like, honey, I just want it back the way it used to be. And they go, what? <laughs> we got teenagers now, baby. It ain't going back. It ain't going back. They know what's going on now. They can drive. They can do what they want. It ain't going back to normal. This is the new normal, right? So what, I, what, what I've started learning and what I learned looking back on my life growing up, what I learned is that consistency is more important than stability. Because stability wants you to take it back to your new norm, to the, to the old Normal consistency is this steadfast adherence to the same principles. Steadfast adherence. So no matter what happens, this is who I am. No matter what happens, this is what I believe. No matter what happens, this is my response. And Paul was writing to the Thessalonians and the Philippians, and it's a theme through all of Scripture that what? God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not swayed by circumstances, good or bad. He is not shocked, upset, or anything. His plans are never thwarted. He's the same all the time, every day, always, from the beginning to the end. He is God. So what happens is I realize that in order for me to navigate what is happening in my life, I don't need to complain to God, to God about it being unstable. I need to ask Him to help me be consistent in the instability. Consistency. I'm going to have the same principles. I'm going to have the same, I'm going to do the same thing regardless of what comes my way. And Paul says, hey, listen, if you want consistency in your life, this is what it looks like. Pray without ceasing. Oh, well, I, I, I thank him when the things are good. No, 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 no. Don't just talk to him when everything's bad. And don't just talk to him. Pray all the time. He says, rejoice all the time. You're like, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. I will not be swayed by my circumstances. I'm going to rejoice all the time. I'm going to actually give thanksgiving all the time in every circumstance. How in the world can you do that? Because I'm not depending on it being stable. I'm depending on being consistent. Because ask yourself this. Does God really reward stability in your family? If it is, we're all doomed. 
Because I don't know about you, but as hard as I try, it just never happens. It just never ends up working out that way. As soon as you think you got it all together, it's like, oh, well, that, no, I couldn't control that. I couldn't control that. No, God rewards consistency. In every situation, be thankful and bring your request to God. Pray all the time. Be thankful. Bring it to God. And the reward for doing that will be the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Okay, so can we just agree this ability is a myth, the balance is a myth? I, I, I have, when, when young people come into my office to get married, I ask them, what the, man, how do you think marriage works? And they're like, man, it's a 50-50 relationship. I just laugh right in their face. I'm like, well, no, it's not. Uh, this, this whole idea of this is the way it's uh, okay well you got to go out with your friends twice this week I'm going out four times next week you spent 73% of the time on the, watching your TV shows I got 27 it's not fair it's not balanced this was supposed to be balanced 50-50 I <laughs> Truth of the matter is you're going to win sometimes, lose sometimes. But what happened when we got married was this. We, most of us probably said these statements. I take you to be my lawfully wedded whatever, husband or wife. To have and hold from this day forward for better, for richer, for health. You know, I think that's what we say because when the other things come, we separate. No, no, no. We said what? If the instability comes, the consistent thing will be our love for each other. We separate at the beginning. We made a, we made a vow to each other that said, for better or for worse. Some of you are like, I know what that looks like. <laughs> for richer or for poorer. And in sickness and in health, until we kill each other, <laughs> until death do us part. You see, even right at the beginning of our marriage, we're saying things like, in spite of the instability that life brings, the consistent theme throughout the rest of our lives is that we will love each other, that we will be consistent. And now we're going to find out how that actually will come about. Because in and of yourself, some of you have already figured out that you are lacking in the ability to be consistent by yourself. Amen. King of inconsistency right here. Left to my own devices, I'm not a very consistent person. Watch this. Cody's going to come up and help me today. Come on, give it up for sermon illustrations. I don't do it very often. How many of you like yoga balls? The dumbest thing ever created on the planet. I'm going to just let you know that right now. Because I see this thing and I go, why would I sit on that? I got a recliner. I don't understand the purpose of it. But uh, my wife got that thing. I thought we actually had poked a hole in it and threw it in the trash. But when I talked about getting one, they said, well, we still got it in the basement. I'm like, oh, okay. So what happens is, let's say this is your life. <laughs> 
and, and Cody's pretty good at this. I actually did the first service. Why don't you go and sit down on it for me, Cody? And, and what we do is we, we initially sit on life just like this. It's a little squishy. And, um, but we keep our feet down because we're trying to control everything, right? And while your feet are down, you feel like you got a good grip on things. But here's what happens. This is real life. Everybody in here knows that you can't control it. So here's, life is more like this. Show me your skill, bro. Life is more like this, right? Pick your feet up, man. Don't cheat. Uh, so life is more like this. It's just a little bit unstable. You're just rocking around a little bit here and there. You don't know what's going on. You're like, but here's what happens. You have toddlers and it's like, boom, boom. And then you lose your job. And then you're... And your husband's complaining because he didn't get to watch a football game because you were watching a, one of those sappy Christmas story things and, and you can't have his friends over to the house and, and he, the job's terrible. And... <laughs> We're not done yet. Don't go anywhere. This is what happens, isn't it? This is life. This is life. But here's one thing I found out. When you have your feet on the ground trying to control everything, the, the, the deal with this ball that you can't get from a recliner is that it builds your core. Mm. It builds your core. Which if they ever came out with a recliner that would do that, I'd never get up. It's like put electro things on my stomach and just lit, sit back. So this builds your core, but it will not build your core with your feet on the ground. It would only build your core if you pick your feet up. So when you release control over things that you never had control of anyway, what happens is, Paul says, here's how you build your core. Pick your feet up. So when the toddlers come, and now you're buying diapers for three kids, when you weren't buying diapers for any, just little, like some of you have triplets, I don't know. It says what? Rejoice in every circumstance. Why don't you do that? That's a core building exercise. What? Give thanks in every circumstance. Why? Because that's a core building exercise. Be thankful all the time. Core building. What? Pray without ceasing in every circumstance. Pray. Why is that? Because it's core building. So when you, when you go six years into your marriage and all of a sudden the, the American dream never actually happened and you realize that your life is more like a, more like an exercise ball, what you need to do is not hate each other. It's build a core. It's in the midst of this instability, how can I be consistent? And Paul lays it out. The consistency of rejoicing, the consistency of thanksgiving, the consistency of praying will do what? In the middle of insecurity, in the middle of instability, it will bring peace into your life. It will guard your heart and mind. It will guard your core. The very act of being consistent through instability builds the core of who you are. It will build the core of your marriage. It will build the core for your children. You know what? I told you my, my family life wasn't real consistent, wasn't real stable, but my parents were consistent. They said, you know what? Even though your father lost his job, we had to sell our house. Didn't lose his job. They told him, Bruce, you can't come back. You're too unstable. He couldn't stand up on his own. He, he, he became 
like no equilibrium. He could not go back to normal. It was instability forever now. And so they said, you can't, you can't come back. It's too dangerous. And so he loses his job. And my parents say, we will not stop being generous. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, but, but things aren't normal. No, 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 they're not. But consistency in the middle of instability builds who we are. It will strengthen our marriage. It will strengthen our kids. So I grew up in an environment where it was like, we're still going to tithe even though we're not getting any money. And I'm like, what, are we tithing like oatmeal now? What's happening? <laughs> My dad lost his job. We had two cars and a house and the perfect little, perfect little American deal. And, and next, he had a truck that he had restored. And we used to, he used to let me shift it. You know what I'm saying? Like a little kid. I wasn't driving it. I was sitting on the other side. It was a little stable. We weren't that crazy. But it all went away overnight. And my parents said, in the midst of all this chaos, guess what? For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. No stability, but I grew up in consistency. In consistency. How are we going to, how are our kids going to handle the problem if they see us flip out every time there's a problem? So watch this. So now Cody's building the core. And now he said, I'll pray without ceasing. He said, I'll rejoice in every circumstance. I'll be thankful no matter what comes. And this unstable life that I'm living right now, I can manage it because my core is strong. I don't have to control it. I'm consistent throughout the whole thing. I'm consistent. That's why Jesus didn't flip out on the boat when it was going across the, the lake and the storm came. That's why he could sleep in the middle of it. And everybody else was like, we're all going to die. He's like, what does he say? And Matthew, he says, you of little faith. Don't you see, I never flip out about anything because I'm consistent. I'm the same God. Yesterday, today, and forever, there's no reason for you to trip out over this. In every circumstance, I can be thankful. In every circumstance, I can rejoice. Everything I can pray. The beautiful thing about consistency is you can start at any time. If you're looking for stability, you can't go back. And that's what I think impacts a lot of marriages. Because somebody asked me the other day if I regret something. I'm like, man, I don't spend enough time in the past to regret anything. Do I, do I learn from things? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not, I could guarantee you, you will never catch me sitting around my house going, man, I really regret that. No, I learned from it. Would I do it again? No. But I'm not a guy that spends a lot of time five years ago going, well, I'll regret that the rest of my life. No, I learned from it. I'm moving on. And so what, what I've learned is that while in my marriage, I may not be able to go back to where I was, I can start from where I am. It's not too late. The ring's still on the finger. It's not too late. I can be consistent from this day forward. It's still till death does us part. It's still, it's still in sickness and health. It's still for richer, for poor. It's still, it's still these things. It's still consistency in the chaos. All right, so watch this. Watch this. This is the beautiful part. 
Here's the last thing I realized. Is that as strong as I can get doing those things, there's a limit to it, right? Some of you guys are really strong. Cody's pretty, I mean, he's been doing this. Like, I didn't realize I left him there. As awkward as it feels, it looks equally awkward. Just Here's the promise. Watch this. Put up Isaiah 41.10. No, no, no. Back up. Put up John 17. I didn't read, I didn't read this earlier. Jesus promised all this stuff. John 16.33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? Everything you want. No, in this world you have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And then John 17, he says, I've given them your word and the world has hated them for it. He says, listen, you're going to have a lot of difficulty because of what you believe. You're going to have a lot of difficulty because in this world it's trouble. Now watch this. If you read on in John 17, it says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for. For they are not of this world any more than I am of this world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Did you hear that? Jesus himself prayed to the Father, don't remove them. And I'm going, what? I thought when it got bad, you could just just pop me out. No, no, Jesus said, I'm not asking you to remove them from this place. I'm not asking you to remove them from this situation. I'm asking that in the middle of it, you be with them. You protect in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of instability, in the middle of all that stuff. You be with them. And then if you look at Isaiah 41.10, watch this. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Come on, church. Watch this promise. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now watch this. I'm right-handed too. God's right-handed. Sorry about you left-handed people. So watch this. You know how much easier that just got? Never put his feet back down. He didn't have to control anything. He didn't put his feet back down. And now the world can come along. His core is strong. The world can come along and kick him and kick him and kick him till you don't recognize him anymore. Because it's never going back to normal. It's never going back to the way it was 10 years ago. It's never going back to that. Your kids are grown up and they're out of the house. Your kids are teenagers now, they're not four. And they're never going back to the same way. But it doesn't matter now because consistency comes from this. So watch this. If you build your core, God has a good grip. You build your core. What did he ask you to do? Pray consistently. Rejoice consistently. Give, be thankful consistently. Build the core. Pick your feet up, build the core. Pick your feet up, build the core. And it says, he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And what I learned is if I build the core, I don't have to have a good grip. He does. So I don't have to control anything. I just have to pick my feet up and say, God, I'm along for the ride. I'm doing everything that you've called me to do, and I know you will not let go. So when the world comes along and kicks the ball and kicks the ball and kicks the ball and kicks the ball, I'm not going anywhere. The band can come up. I don't know why. He got nervous at first. He was like, oh, I got to go play the drums. I'm like, I'm not done. Stand to your feet. Watch this. This is it.
I've never put into my kids' heads that their world would be stable. Never. I've never told them it would be fair. I've never, I've never looked at my wife and promised her stability. She's married to me. <laughs> I've never looked at her and said, it's all going to be better sometime. The thing that has kept us for 21 years through raising kids, through all kinds of difficulty is this. God is consistent and therefore we can be. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will never let go of us. And so what I believe he's doing right now is he's building our core and he's teaching us that in every circumstance we can give thanks, we can pray, we can rejoice. And together when we do that as a couple, there's nothing in this world that can stop us. Our kids benefit from consistency. Our kids, our marriages benefit from it. Our marriages, our marriages don't benefit from a perfect little life that never has any trials or troubles. It benefits from God never changes. And he will always hold me. And so that's how we live. Did something bad happen? Yep. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to thank God. Because I know when I live thanks to him, peace enters my heart that I can't explain. I know that in the midst of instability, I can be the most peaceful guy in the house. And when I do that, my spouse benefits from it. My kids benefit from it. My neighbors benefit from it. Ain't nothing worse than having an unhappy neighbor. The benefits of consistency far outweighs stability. And I pray that in our marriages that we would start to, you may not be able to go back to where it was before, but you can start today and you could say, even if it never looks like it used to, I'm going to be consistent. God is going to be consistent. We can move forward together. Amen? Come on, let's lift our hands up to God. Let's thank him today. Father, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You have not changed. No plan of yours can be thwarted. There's nothing. What you set out from the beginning to do is being completed, Lord. All through scripture, men realized it. And they gave you honor. Job, after the most unstable after the most unstable life ever. He said, you gave and you took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, I pray that every marriage in this building, Lord, that will become their testimony. Yeah, it was a little difficult. Yeah, it really didn't work out the way I thought. Yeah, it was rocky. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was unstable at times. But the consistency of God went through the whole thing. And we depended on him. And he never fails. Lord, I pray that would be our testimony. I pray that you teach us, build our core. I pray that our lives, our marriages, our families would honor you in the middle of a chaos world. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, church, could you give him honor and praise today? He's moving in our midst.